Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 16th of October 2016, entitled The Hand of the Lord. And the Bible reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Let me invite you to stand for the reading of God's Word this evening as we read from Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, which says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. Father, we thank you this evening that we do, as has already been prayed, have this privilege of being in your house again this evening, each one that has made it out. Lord, for your word that we have before us and your spirit that lives within us, that we do pray in these next moments, Lord, that you would take and speak to our hearts. You know the need of each and every individual here this evening, everyone that's under the sound of my voice. Lord, we pray that they would not just get that which man has to offer to them this evening, but that which you alone can give to them. We will give you all the praise, all the thanks, all the honor and all the glory for it. For it's in Jesus Christ's name alone that we pray. Amen. Amen. We find that two things here are being said to us in these verses. And really, the only way that it can be taken in context, the only way that it makes sense is that when you're in a situation where you feel that the problem is just too big, that your sins are too great, that the burden is too heavy, that you can't do it alone, and you're wondering, well, where's God? Where's God at in all of this? Well, the, Isaiah the prophet says, first of all, he said, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. If it's God's hand that you're looking for to save you from that situation, then God's hand is never too short to reach you wherever that you might be. He says also that... Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. I think sometimes we get the idea that maybe we're just praying, but it's not getting any higher than the ceiling. God, are you hearing anything that I'm saying? Are you hearing anything that I'm asking? We just feel alone. We can't get there. But the psalmist is saying here, well, number one, if you're looking for God's help and God's hand's not there, it's not because his hand's too short. And if God's not hearing what you are saying to him, it's not because that he can't hear, but he tells us what the problem is. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. In other words, if there's something that is hindering God from helping you, it's not a weakness or a shortcoming or a failing on God's part in any way. God's hand is never too short to reach to you, but your iniquities can separate you from God or your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. If God's not hearing our prayers, it's not because he needs a hearing aid. It's not because that somebody else has got his attention at this moment and he just can't hear you over everybody else. If God's not hearing you, it's because our sins are in the way, not God's part. So I just want to remind you this evening that the Bible is speaking to us here. He's trying to encourage us that 
There's never a time that God won't be there to save you. There's never a time when God's going to be too busy to hear you. If there's ever a problem in what God is doing or what God is hearing, it's because of our sin and iniquities that once again, as we seem to come back to it so many times, something is separating us from God. God's there. He's not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, what I want to encourage you with this evening is to remind you of this. He begins here, the Lord's hand is not shortened. What do you have your hands for? What do you do with your hands? Work? Eat? <laughs> Clean yourself? You do things with them. Have you ever tried doing anything with just one hand tied behind your back? Or how about with both hands tied behind your back? It's very difficult because we use our hands to do things. Now, there are people that have no hands, and it's amazing sometimes what they can learn to do with other parts of their body that God has blessed them with. But what I want you to realize is all of us, that's, that's what our hand's for. They're, they're to do things. And he said, well, here, when you're wanting God to do something for you, it's never going to be because God's hand is too short to reach you wherever you are at. The hand of God. The Bible actually has a lot to do. It's speaking of what God does for us. First of all, do you realize that the same hand of God that he's talking here about not being too short to save you, to be there for you, first of all, it's the same hand of God that created everything that exists. <laughs> nothing. There is nothing that you see. There is nothing that lives. There is nothing in this universe that is there outside of God. God's hand that is not too short to help you is the very hand that created everything that exists. The psalmist said in Psalm 102, verse 25, of old, I mean, he's talking about a long time, of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of thy hands, God. <laughs> Lord, you laid the very foundation that everything is built upon. When we even look up and we see the heavens and we see the stars and we see all this there, it's your hands that did it all. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 8 says, But now, O Lord, thou art our Father. We are the clay. Thou our potter. And we all are the work of thy hand. Now, there's a lot of things to be said there, but I just want you to grasp this to see because I want to encourage you that God is always there for you, whatever. God is never, ever too busy for you. God's hand is never too short. The very hands that created everything you see, the very hand that made you who you are. Now, sometimes we can look and we can feel pretty displeased with ourselves. Well, sometimes, sometimes we have reason to feel displeased with ourselves. But sometimes it's just pure jealousy. We look and we're displeased with ourselves because we don't look like so-and-so or we can't sing like so-and-so or we can't preach like so-and-so. We can't do something like somebody else does it. God made you. The Bible said that you are the handiwork of his hands. The hand that's not too short is the same hand that made everything that exists, the same hand he's talking about. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's really quite an amazing sight to watch 
a potter at his work when he takes that clay and he's got it wet and that clay is spinning around and he's, he's taking and he's working that clay and he's making it into something beautiful. God made you and you're special. He said, just like you're the clay and he's the potter, he's the one that formed you and made you just like you are. The hand that's not too short to be there to save you, whatever your, your challenge is, whatever your problem is, whatever your difficulty is, that same hand. It's the hand that made everything. Nothing would exist without him. It's the same hand that made you who you are. Jesus was his only begotten son. He has been placed over the work of the work of God that's being done with his hands. Notice Hebrews chapter 2, verse 7. Thou madest him, speaking of Jesus Christ, a little lower than the angels when he made him to come in the flesh. Not when he, he didn't create him from the beginning. There came a point when he made him lower than the angels to come in the flesh. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. See, um, it, it, it does, it, even me sometimes, I, I just, I just get to, to, to thinking about some of the things of God and who God is and all that God does. And I just want you to be reminded this evening, God's hand is never too short to reach down and save you. The same hand is not too short to reach you. It is the hand of creation that created everything that is, including you yourself. But that same hand that's not too short to reach you, not only is it the hand of creation, it's the hand that you can use all kind of terms here, but I'm going to say the, the, the sovereign omnipresence of God himself, the hand that did everything, everything that's created was him, but it's the hand that's always been there and always will be there, and it's everywhere. I don't care where you are. I don't care how far down you are. I don't care how far that you have gone away from him. His hand is never too short to reach you, and you can never be in a place that his hand's not there. We use this theological term, omnipresence. It just means everywhere present. There is nowhere you can go that God's hand won't be there to save you, to help you. The hand that created everything is the hand that's everywhere. The psalmist says this in Psalm 95, verse 4, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. In other words, you can, you can go to the deepest place that you can find on this earth. Guess what? God's hand's still there. <laughs> you can go to the highest hill, the highest peak, and guess what? God's hand's still there. You can't get away from it. It's always there. It's never too short to save you. Charles Spurgeon said this about this passage. He said, far down, and of course, remember when, when Spurgeon was preaching back at the turn of the the, the, the 1900s, late 1800s, we find that there were a lot of miners present in this country at that time. And that was one of the darkest, lowest, dirtiest places that you could go. And he says, far down where the miners sink their shafts, deeper yet where lie the secret oceans by which springs are fed, and deepest of all the unknown abyss 
where rage and flame the huge central fires of the earth, there Jehovah's power is felt. In other words, he just said, man, you can go to the deepest hole in the ground, to the deepest ocean out there. You can even go to the core of this earth where there's nothing before. You can't get away from God's hand. The power of God's hand is always there in his hand. He's got to be there. He's always there. He's also, if it's in his hands, guess who's in control? You're not the one that's in control so many times, and I, I really have to take a lot of comfort. I had somebody else today because we're getting, you know, just 20-some days away from the election in my country. And somebody was talking today about, I said, look, you know, I said, I would have never thought that we could be in a place where people of such low integrity could be running for the highest office in the land. I mean, a time when I can't vote for somebody because that they're above the mud and the filth and the dirt and everything that's going on out there. Because, and, and, and you know, I talk about you'll never ever find one comment on my Facebook page or anywhere else where the mud's been flying and slinging because there's plenty to fly both directions. But you know, that's the greatest thing of all. I know they're not really in control anyway. I know that God is in control. And I know this. We get sometimes exactly what we need and deserve as a people. God has a reason. And the truth is this, where the people want to admit it, and I guess that there are many that would be born-again believers that would agree with this, but most of the world would think that it's just fanatical in some way. The United States of America is where it is, and it's got people to vote for for its leadership where it is because of what they've done with God. They turned away from God. God didn't go anywhere. God is there, just like we're talking about here. If there is a separation, it's because of the iniquities and the sin that is there. That's the days that we live in, when the sin and the iniquities of the people have separated them from the God. Well, God's still there, and he's still the one that's in control. And just read through your Bible, which you ought to be doing anyway, and you'll see time and time and time and time again, whether those in power, whether they are following God or whether they're totally away from God, whether they're leading people in the paths that he would have them to go, or whether they're trying to take them away and follow the gods of this world, guess what? In every case, God's still in control. God still does his work. And that's what we have. We can thank God for that in the society that we live in, but I want you to remember in your life this evening, God's hand is not too short to save you wherever you are whether it's saving you from that initial sin that's going to take you straight to hell one day or whether it's saving you from the situation that you're in right now, God's hand is there. The hand that created everything that is. The hand that is everywhere that is that you can never, ever, ever get away from it. He's the one that's controlling it because the Bible says it's all in his hands. The verse says that God's not only the God of the mountain, but he's the God of the deepest places too. You can get into the deepest depression that this life could allow you to go into, but never so low that God can't comfort you, that God can't touch you. No valley too deep, no mountain too high. And the thing is this, we've all been in some valleys at times. 
And I've seen people that were in such deep despair, so depressed in this life, that I feared for their very lives. But you know what? God's hand is always still there. If they will turn to him, if they're not experiencing God's hands, it's not God's fault. Hand of creation, the hand of omnipresence, the hand of deliverance. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 50 verse 2 says this, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, listen, at my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stinketh because there is no water and dieth for thirst. God's asking us a question. <laughs> is there no man? Is there none to answer? Do you really think that my hand is so short that I can't redeem you? He reminds us of just what the hand of God has done and can do. God's hand is the delivering hand. He says, have I no power to deliver? Do you not really think that I can deliver you from wherever you are? find that many people need deliverance from a lot of things. We first need to be delivered from ourselves, from our sins, from our iniquities. But God's reminding us here, sometimes we, we get so busy and we're traveling the highways of this life, sometimes we even credit ourselves with our own safety. What am I saying? I remember, and I don't care, really care whether people think that it's silly or not, I, I can remember an event that took place almost 30 years ago now, right over here on the M6, when we were traveling to a youth rally with my small kids, <laughs> that are big grown kids now, we're riding in the back seat. This was the days before all those back seats had seat belts in them, and there certainly weren't any car seats or anything like that. We had a horrible accident on the motorway over there. And when the accident come to an end, I can still remember it's like when everything starts happening in slow motion, but you got no control over it. You can, you, can, you can see it, you can feel it, but you can't do anything about it. And I remember when we went from like 70 to naught in a matter of seconds, I can remember that my first instinct as a dad was to throw my arm up because all those kids were lined across me in the back seat. And I remember throwing my arm up to protect the kids, and, and it was just like a, a freight train coming through the, the middle of that as my my oldest son at that time was sitting in the middle in the back because there was, Amber wasn't born yet. There was five of them across the seat. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to describe that feeling when you're totally out of control. You can do nothing. You're trying your best to do what needs to be done to, to protect them. And, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like nothing can stop it. That force that he was coming through there with was just pushing my arm out of the way. And I can still remember in slow motion, it's like he went piling into that windshield head first. And I mean, my mind was already expecting him to be outside and through that glass and cut to bits. But it's like when he hit that windscreen, even at that force, it was just like, I believe with all my heart, it was God's hand that said, that's far enough. So he just stopped. He just stopped right there. There was no logical explanation for that. 
I believe that's exactly what God was talking about here through the prophet Isaiah. Don't you realize? Never away from me to deliver you. I believe with all my heart that was his hand that delivered my son that day. You see, so many times we think, I don't think we even begin to understand how many times God delivers us and keeps us safe from the dangers that are out there all around us. You know, sometimes maybe the car breaks down or you have a flat tire. Or, you know, in, in, in my case, when you got a wife that's coming through the door back there now and all these little ones, they, they like to make a lot more pit stops than I do. You know, when I, when I sit off somewhere, I like to get from point A to point B, and I don't really care about killing any time anywhere in between usually. But sometimes I'm absolutely convinced maybe you've had one of those unexpected stops, whether it was by choice or not, and you get a few miles down the road and there's this terrible accident that maybe you would have been there. You know, we don't, we don't give God the credit. But he's talking here about that hand that's never, ever, ever too short. The same hand that created everything that exists. <laughs> the same hand that is everywhere. You can't get away from it. It's everywhere you go. The same hand that is continually reaching down and delivering you, even when you don't know it. Sometimes delivering you from the dangers that, that lie ahead and all those things. We find that in Psalm 40, Psalm 40, notice what the, the psalmist says here. He says in verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. We just sang that hymn while ago by Antonio's request, the solid rock. <laughs> All other ground, sinking sand, but not Jesus. But you see here, he's talking specifically, many of us, we've been in the horrible pit, the pit of sin, the miry clay that just wants to hold you there and to keep you there. And yet, it was the hand of our Lord that reached down and lifted us up out of that horrible pit where we would have gone to spend eternity. <laughs> lifted us up out of that miry clay that would just suck us in and set our feet up on the solid rock, which is Jesus Christ himself. That's the deliverer. That's the hand that's never, ever too short for you. It's also the hand of provision. The hand that God says that will provide anything that you need wherever you need it. In Psalm 104, verse 28, that thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thine hand, they are filled with good. Lord, it's your hand. You know, we can do all the work in the world, but God's the one that gives the increase. He made you a wonderful promise in the New Testament it's in Philippians 4:19. He said, but my God shall supply what? The next word? All, A-L-L. My God shall supply all your need. And then the next part, he says, according to his riches in glory. <laughs> He's not limited like we are. We could be absolutely filthy, rich, and covered in this world's goods, this world's wealth. 
We still only have so much. God supplies our needs, not in what man could do and man could accumulate, but according to his riches and glory. There is no limit there. You can't get in such great need that God's hand cannot be there to provide for you. If he's not there, when you feel that he's not there and you feel that he's not here and it's not because he's gone anywhere, he says, if that's the case, it's your iniquities and your sin that separated you from him because he hasn't gone anywhere. He's there for you. God supplied his people with, with manna for 40 years as they traveled through the wilderness. He supplied the water that they needed, the very necessities. The psalmist said in Psalm 78, 16, he brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Thirsty, parched, dry, no water in sight. This is the God that just brought the water right out of the rock. <laughs> he's, the, he's the God that can make rivers flow through a dry and parched land. That's the God. That's the hand that's there to provide for you. But sometimes... For those of you that have children, you'll understand probably more clearly. But for those that don't, hopefully you had parents that loved you enough that when you started going in a way that was dangerous or a way that was going to get you into trouble, they used a hand of correction on you. <laughs> you know, God's got a hand of correction as well. Not a hand of abuse. Not a hand to knock you around and beat you around and abuse you or anything like that. Sometimes we need a little smack on the bottom. <laughs> Sometimes he needs to get our attention. You know that God never, ever, ever, ever does anything to you to punish you. God does things to correct you. God does things to change your course. God does things to restore you, to make it better. But you know what? Jesus took all the punishment for you. You don't have to be punished for it. You just need to realize that he's there for you. Sometimes we can go through many, many, many illustrations. But God sometimes. Matter of fact, the Bible says that, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to swear or anything. The Bible is very, very, very clear when he says that if God doesn't correct you, that you're a bastard and none of him, you're fatherless. You can't belong to God and not experience the hand of correction. I told them at the nursing home last night about, about a time when our oldest son had not been walking long and we came out of the house and we set him down beside the car and we were going to load up and I turned around to, to lock the doors or whatever and, and all of a sudden, you know, when, when children first learn that they can walk and run, guess what? They want to run everywhere. Well, I took my eyes off him a few minutes and he's running straight down the drive, straight towards the busy road that went by in front of our house, just wide open. And he senses no danger those cars flying by out there at 40 miles per hour, he doesn't, he doesn't realize that there's any danger there. But what does dad do? Man, I chase after that boy and I grab him up and I mean I smack him on the bottom and I tell him, you don't ever go near that road. Now the truth is, you know, that was a hand of correction. I wanted him to realize that there was danger there, that there was something there that he did not want to go to and I didn't want him to forget that. Sometimes... 
God prevents us from running out the road, from getting run over by something that's coming down the way. Sometimes God uses his hand of correction to make sure that we don't have to go through something far, far, far worse if he allows us to continue. And I want to give you this one in, in closing this evening. God's hand is always a hand of invitation. It's always, he's always standing there with outstretched hands for you. What did he say in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30? Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, you shall find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to me. You're tired, you're wore down, the, the, the burden too heavy for you, you're heavy laden. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Sometimes we all get tired and we carry some heavy burdens, but we're, we're trying to carry it all ourselves. He's saying, come to me. Let me help you with that load. Take my yoke upon you. What's a yoke for? Why do they put the yoke on the oxen when they go out to plow the fields? Because that's the way they guide them. That's the way they put them in the right direction. God said, bring your burden to me. Let me guide your path. Let me show you where to go. Let me guide your life instead of you carrying your own burdens and trying to find your own way. He says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and and learn of me. We don't have to learn it all the hard way by getting it wrong and facing the consequences. If we just listen to God, he'll direct our paths. We talked about this this morning, being meek and lowly in heart. Whatever your burden is, whatever you've done, you can't make God love you any less. It's impossible for God to love you any less or any more than he already does. He loves you with a perfect love. He doesn't love you just because you're doing good. Now, he may correct you if you get out of line, but that's because he loves you. No matter what you've done, he's there to take that burden, to take that load, to help you with it. Luke chapter 18, verse 13, just reminds us that what was it there? My hand, the Lord's hand is not shortened, but it cannot save. We find that in Luke chapter 18, verse 13, we're reminded of that. When he says, and the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Be merciful to me, a sinner. <laughs> I just want to remind you this evening that, you know, that comes back to where we started. God's hand is not so short that it can't save you. His ear is not so heavy that he can't hear you. If God's hand's not there for you, it's because 
your iniquities have separated you from God. If God's not hearing you, it's because your sins have separated you from God. But God is always inviting you to come to him. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God. He wants your sins to be done away with. It doesn't matter. You see, here, all that this publican was doing, he couldn't go to God because he deserved God to do anything for him. But he could go to God and ask God to be merciful to him, a sinner. And God will be merciful to you this evening. If God's not in your life and all that you need him to be, it's not God's fault. It's because of sin and iniquity that separates you from him. You know, that's the only thing that can separate you from a loving God. I mean, there's a lot of things in this world. When it comes down to it, sin is the only thing that can separate you from it. That's why I remind you again, why is the wages of sin death? Sin separates you from God. God is life. There is no life outside of God. God created life. God gave life. If you don't have life, it's because you're separated from God. If you don't have God's hand in your, li- in your life helping you, it's because you're separated from God. It comes back to sin. That's the only thing that separates us. When we're with God, we've got life. When we're with God, the God that created, His hand is always there for you, whatever that your need might be. So this evening, this evening, maybe... Maybe there's sin in your life that you need to, just like the publican, maybe you need to go before God and say, God, please be merciful to me, a sinner. Maybe as a Christian this evening, maybe that you're not feeling God's nearness like you really need to and ought to in your life. Maybe there's something there that's got in the way. Some of your iniquities are sin because, sadly, none of us are like Jesus yet. Run away. Yeah, the mind of Christ, but we still got this flesh to contend with. And if we're not careful, little things will get in the way. Oh, God wants to be near to you. God wants you just to, to feel his presence, to know his presence. God doesn't want you to fear what man can do to you. You're just a, a pilgrim traveling through this land. But he's got some things he wants you to do on your way, make a difference in this world. Father, we thank you this evening that we can just be reminded Lord, your hand is never too short to save us. Your ear is never too heavy to hear us. And we realize that, God, if we're not getting the help we need and if our prayers aren't getting through like we want them to, then it's not because you've gone anywhere. It's because of our iniquities and our sin, as the prophet Isaiah has so clearly in for us here. So Lord, I pray this evening. I pray if there be one here this evening or one under the sound of my voice out there that their sins have separated them from you. I pray, Lord. I pray that they would realize that you're still, still there today with outstretched hands saying, come unto me. Those outstretched hands are nail-scarred hands because you paid the price for all of their sins, for all the iniquities of each and every one of us. So, Father, with those nail-scarred hands, as you stretch them out and say, come unto me this evening, I pray, Lord, 
I pray that those that need that presence with you this evening, in whatever capacity, needs to be saved, whether it's a Christian that just needs to know you're there in their lives, help them, Lord. If there's things there, sin that's unconfessed, sin that hasn't been dealt with, maybe right now, Lord, maybe they need to forget everything else and get on their knees right there where they are or down in this altar. They need to get that stuff out of their life so they know. They know that you're there. They know that you're hearing. Help them, Lord. Have the strength and the courage to do that if that's what's needed. Draw us all closer to yourself. Help us to be more like our Savior. Of course, in his name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.